0: Welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Stoller, your host of the Richer Geek Podcast. As many of you know, I have owned or managed over 1,500 doors from single-family homes, multifamily, and hotels. I've received so many questions about how I transitioned from multifamily to hotels. I've been featured on some of the, our nation's largest podcasts. I've spoken at national conferences about hotel investing. How do you do it? What are the differences between multifamily and hotel investing? What about franchises? What did I learn during covid Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to announce that I'll be having a Hotel Investor Workshop on May 5th and 6th of 2023. If you're interested in hotel investing, please come join us. You can sign up on our website, therichergeek.com, go to the bottom of the page, and click on Training. I'm hoping to see you all there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Richer Geek Podcast today, I'm happy to have Micah. Frame Micah is a crypto and NFT obsessed CPA. We need some of those, uh, especially in uh, today's world of uh, non regulation, I should say. But he's also a best selling author and featured in NASDAQ, Forbes, and Money. How are you doing, Micah?
1: Doing good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So You know, half of us have no idea what crypto and NFTs are. You know, we've had some people, um, previous guests that have tried to explain it, but you're the first uh, person that's going to talk about tax planning and uh, how CPAs look at this. So give us a little bit about uh, your background and how you got so obsessed with NFTs and crypto.
1: Yeah. So I'm a CPA. We've mostly specialize in tax planning. Historically, it's been for online businesses or other businesses that are really growth centric and have rapidly changing situations because that's where we can pr- provide the most value. Also, I get bored pretty easily. So the people who have ever changing situations just keep it interesting. And partially as a consequence of a lot of our clients being online businesses and a little more Tech um, forward, they were they've been interested in crypto, and we'd get questions. And then I got really involved in it a few years ago when there was the I, I'd bought a little bit of crypto in 2017, like everybody did, and the money that the three grand I put in turned into one grand really fast, and I just for, mostly forgot about it. And then 2020 rolls around, and a client told me two things happened: one, the market recovered, and that three grand, that one grand had turned back into like somewhere between six or nine grand. So made me, and at that same time, I had a conversation with a client who told me about a crypto project they were involved in. It was the first time I actually understood the use case for a specific crypto project. Because up until that point, I'd understood that smart people had said, hey, blockchain technology is a huge thing. This is really important. I understood that intelligent people said it was important but i didn't understand why each specific crypto project would have value i was like okay blockchain has value but why does this token have value Mm -hmm. anyway that project was the first time that kind of the use case clicked for me Mm -hmm. so i got involved in it really just as an investor and got deeper and deeper into it and very quickly realized there was next to no tax guidance out there
0: so well, we right. started
1: having having to invest it just for our own taxes. We started having to investigate pretty heavily because the IRS has issued very little guidance. And there's very few CPAs and tax attorneys who specialize in this right now, at least.
0: Now, what are you seeing? Is crypto taxed like a, a, a stock or is it taxed more like a uh, like gold or silver
1: Well, it really depends on what type of crypto you're talking about. And it also depends on how you're earning the money. Because if you're just, if we're going to sort of like super, super basics, right now, at least crypto is considered property by the IRS, not a security. So that has. So some benefits and some down downsides. One, one of the benefits of it is that it's not subject to the wash sale rules because it's not a, a registered security. Mm-hmm. So the way wash sale rules is that if you buy Apple stock and it goes down in value and you sell it, you can't buy it back for at least 30 days because otherwise they're going to say, okay, you didn't really sell the stock. You just executed this trade to, to get, to realize the loss on your tax return. They disallow it. Mm. Well, since crypto is not a stock right now, at least you don't have that limitation. So you can sell If, if you've got your crypto portfolio and you're holding it at a loss, which a lot of people are right now because the market's in the toilet mm. You can can sell your Bitcoin, Ethereum, ADA, whatever, and then buy it back later that day and you still are realizing that loss. So for regular crypto transactions, like if you're just trading tokens, that's regular capital gains like anything else, except you don't have that wash sale limitation. Mm -hmm. But where the IRS is running into a lot of issues is that since this is such an emergent technology is... There's, all, there's there's new protocols and new ways that these projects are being created in different use cases all the time, and they haven't addressed the vast majority of them. So most of the new protocols now are, are what they call proof of stake versus Bitcoin. And, and up until probably a week ago, Ethereum was they were both what they call proof of work. So they're staking now, which is you're you're sending your tokens to a pool and you receive essentially dividends back as a reward. That's what most of the new tokens are. The IRS has not issued any guidance on staking. They haven't, NFTs, they've issued zero guidance on NFTs at this point. They haven't issued guidance on what they call liquidity pools. Like the only things they've actually issued guidance on, it's, I think you can count on one hand, they've said coin for coin trades are taxable. That's easy. They've said that mining income is business income. So if you set up a mining rig and you earn Bitcoin or whatever from it, you treat that the same as you would if you went out and started mowing lawns for for your neighbors. They've said you don't have to do foreign bank account reporting on your crypto wallets. They've said you can't do 1031 like kind exchanges. And they've said that airdrops and hard forks are taxable income and that's it so it's if you're if you're involved in crypto at all you realize that there's new projects and types of projects that are coming out all of the time and the irs is years and years behind on issuing any sort of guidance on the vast majority of them
0: so what are you doing as a cpa where i dealing and trading crypto or nft and things come up are you just I mean, I don't want to say you're guessing, but, you know, because there's no regulations, but, you know, is this something that I could have something happen? You guys do the taxes and then all of a sudden whoever's in charge, IRS or whoever in Washington says, Hey, wait a minute. This was supposed to happen. Are you going to be seeing like a lot of refiling you think?
1: I'm not going to be surprised at all that. If that happens, I think the main thing for taxpayers is just re- reporting the income and doing your best job of trying to account for it properly. Because if you do that, given the the complete lack of guidance, if the IRS at least sees that you're trying to do it correctly, you should be they they should be reasonably merciful if you do end up getting it wrong or reg or the regulations change, where people are running into a lot of issues, especially the sort of like. Crypt, the stereotypical crypto bros out there—they—they they don't want to report any of it. There's the subset of crypto zealots who say, "No, the government doesn't need to know about this. They can't track it," uh, and it's a bunch of nonsense. But for those people, they're going to get absolutely destroyed as the IRS gets either more guidance from Congress or comes out with their own guidance. The—the the AI they're using to kind of track you know people to look for discrepancies from what they expect they're increasingly going to the centralized exchanges and telling them you know to get access to their customer data and those transactions more and more the people who are kind of skirting the law are just going to get destroyed as the irs find gathers more and more of this information and then focuses that towards enforcement and
0: Continue. you're you're saying that uh... Now, when when the IRS goes to these companies, can they be like Apple and say, no, we're not going to give you this person's data? Or are they going to be kind of forced to say, okay, well, here's our database? How do you see that playing out?
1: Typically, they've been forced. Um, There's one lawsuit. I can't remember the name of the company. I think it's like S-Fox or something like that, where they've been granted. It was either the IRS or the SEC that got granted access to the the customer data they were requesting. Coinbase a few years ago was compelled to anyone. I think the IRS requested anyone who had over like $20,000 of transactions for that year that they had to turn all that over. And then they sent out letters to all those taxpayers saying, hey, we think you had crypto activity you didn't report. We need you to report it. Mm -hmm. So with all of that in mind, that the IRS is getting better and better all the time at tracking this, The biggest thing is to report the income where we come in and where we are try to mitigate that tax bill as much as possible is based on two things. One is that we try and since there's no guidance out there, we try to find something that's analogous within established tax law for securities and traditional investing or business, because that's usually the two buckets that the income will fall into. Mm-hmm. So we try and find, based on established case law, something that we can tie that to saying, okay, you haven't issued guidance on NFTs or you haven't issued guidance on nodes, but based on the guidance you have for this thing, this is what we think is a reasonable and appropriate tax treatment. And then based on whatever bucket that falls into, then we structure and do, do regular tax planning the same way we would with those other categories of income.
0: hmm now, how about the? Uh, is that the same thing with all the? Oh, uh, the you know the gaming rewards and all that sort of stuff. What are they called? Uh, uh, play to play earn. earn. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's going to be the same thing. The IRS has not issued any explicit guidance on that. So, what do we look at? We look at regular games. Mm-hmm. So, if you're if you're playing a game, there's there's a couple different ways that that could be taxed. You, it could just be hobby income where you go and on the weekend, you play in a tournament and you earn 25 bucks or something <laughs> if you place. Or you could be a professional as- athlete. You could be a Twitch streamer who happens to just play games. There's different. So if it's hobby income that falls into its own bucket and has its, its own rules, the, the good part of hobby income is that it's not earned income. So it's not subject to Social Security and Medicare. The downside is that if you have any expenses within that game associated with earning those tokens in the play to earn game, you have n- you're you not allowed to write off expenses for your hobby income. Mm-hmm. So depending on the scope of your activity, that could really bite you in the butt where you might have $10,000 worth of, ho- of play to earn rewards, but you spent 9000 of it just reinvesting it back in the game. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing we start off with is, is a business, is it hobby income? A lot of times because people are for good or bad are using these as investment vehicles. A lot of times it it does make sense and it is more appropriate to treat it as business income. Mm -hmm. And when it's business income, then we start to look at, again, the same things we would with regular businesses to see whether or not it makes sense to set it up in some sort of LLC or corporation to have it elect S corp or C corp status. We look at what expenses are available, timing your transactions, all that kind of stuff. So that's the first place we start. One of the things we do warn people with on play to earn games is that at least right now, every play to earn game that I've seen or almost every play to earn game that I've seen, they'll have these big big spikes in value and you know people get in real they i call them sort of unintentional ponzi schemes sometimes because people will buy the nfts or buy the game items for really cheap earn money and then all of a sudden the token explodes and people will be earning Mm -hmm. stupid amounts of money every day just for playing this game which attract it has a snowball effect and attracts more and more people to play the game and eventually people stop reinvesting or they start cashing out or whatever. And the game economy just tanks. Hmm. So far, most of the projects we've looked at have had like a 90 to 99% drop from their peak token price. Mm -hmm. So what we tell people with any type of crypto activity, but especially these play to earn games, is that as you're realizing this income, when you're having taxable events, be that the play-to-earn rewards being deposited, mining income, node income, executing trades, getting staking rewards, whatever. You need to cash out a certain percentage of that and set it aside in cash so that you're not getting hit really hard when tax time comes. Because what will happen is the IRS is looking at the value of the token when you received it. Mm-hmm. So one game out there is, it's called Step In. And it's, pretty cool it's a gps tracking on um, walking app so they'll reward you for for walking it'll give you a little bit of crypto every day if you, if you walk i've seen people who i can't remember the exact token price but some people are making like 500 a day playing that but how the token price has gone down i think that's now closer to like 20 dollars a day So what you can run into, I'm kind of rambling here, but you can do it to where you're earning $500 and that's a taxable then you earn $500, $500, $500. And that is taxable as of the price it was at that date. But if you don't cash out and you wait until April 15th comes, you can have it to where that your portfolio is worth 1% of what it was, but you still have it. So you don't have any money to pay the tax bill, but you've still got all this income that you have to report.
0: Yeah, it seems like, especially with a lot of the younger uh, people that are playing these games, that there's, you know, a lot of education that needs to be hot for them because they're just having fun and playing and thinking, oh, wow, I'm an overnight millionaire all of a sudden. Hey, and oh then the joke, hey, now I'm not worth anything. Um, and then they can really get in trouble come tax time. You know, I, I can see that. And, you know, you know it's a great thing you guys, you're you doing. Um, now, here's another thing. Now, what if I pay uh, stuff, you know, th- they have these credit cards that I'm getting advertisements for and things like that that are crypto or uh, anything. Yeah. You know, how do those things work in taxes? And, I mean, they even tax the credit card.
1: Well, that's part, that's part of the... Uh, credit cards at, are a little... There's only a few actual crypto credit cards out there. So if it's an actual... credit, uh, I guess I'll start with a debit card. Because mm. a debit card... they Most of those right now are funding like typical prepaid debit cards. So instead of loading cash onto the card, you're loading your crypto. Mm-hmm. And then every time you swipe, you're spending your crypto. The problem is that at least that's the law stands now every time you swipe that card that's a disposition of an Mm -hmm. asset and you've either got a capital gain or a capital loss which Mm -hmm. is an absolute logistical nightmare to track your holding period your cost basis all of that especially when you're just going to starbucks for a cup of coffee or something i mean it's it's brutal there was some proposed legislation i don't think has moved anywhere yet where congress they are talking about doing it to where if the transaction was under two hundred dollars it would mm-hmm. be exempt from that reporting <laughs> which i think is a is a great thing the thing i've said is that they're going to need to put something in there to look at the aggregate number of transactions and in, in a certain time period because otherwise you're going to have people who are doing a thousand hundred ninety nine dollar transactions just exactly. to sell their crypto and avoid the, the capital gains exactly um, so th- so that's debit cards, credit cards, just the way they work from an accounting standpoint is that that's not really the disposition of an asset. That's just racking up a liability. So most of the Mm -hmm. crypto credit cards, you're not actually spending your crypto, you're just accruing a liability, and they're paying you in crypto rewards instead of points or cash back. Mm -hmm. So crypto credit cards, at least as they stand now don't have that same issue, but there's just not that many of
0: them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that they might so, well, you can't, uh, you, know, you don't have to report $200, but everything else, you know, it's like, you know, I know there. this whole $600 thing is coming around mm-hmm. with, with regular funds, um, you know, with banks and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see all the different reportings and and all the different, uh, it's, It just, to me, it sounds like a nightmare. Well, number one, I don't know what crypto is and. Uh, just a bunch of ones and zeros and doing something. I don't know. But uh, let's talk about, uh, you have a couple books. Uh, tell me a little bit about the little big small business book.
1: Yeah. So we actually, after it happened a little bit after we booked this with you, we actually published another book and it's specific to crypto taxes. Hmm. So we've got, it's called Decrypting Crypto Taxes and the the audiobook version and the print version are obviously paid, but we got them for, for the ebook version we've listed for free on Amazon and most other major retailers. So with that one, what the little big, small business book, that was just general tax and finance and business lessons that we had. And it was mostly tied to some kind of example in popular culture, decrypting crypto taxes. We kind of designed that justice that the FAQs that we would typically get for for the questions we were getting from clients where they say i've got this kind of income how is that taxed so that's how the chapters are designed most of them are just framed as questions of how is my node income taxed how are airdrops taxed how are how are these different things taxed and then we give advice on how to try to plan and structure around that income based on the regulations as, as they exist now.
0: What are you seeing? You know, we're in this bear market. They're calling this the crypto winter, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple things. What are some of the things that you have to really be careful with um, for when we come next into the next bull run, which God, I hope it's, you know, sometime who soon, who knows, uh, maybe after November, you know, sometimes depending on which way anything goes, things go up and down and, uh, you know, the wars and, and all that sort of stuff. But what are some of the some of the advice you can tell us about when that next bull run comes and watching your taxes? And
1: Yeah. So during the crypto winter that we're in right now, there's there's two main things that we'll talk about with people for things they can do right now one is tax loss harvesting because again there's no wash sale rules so if you've got a portfolio that's underwater if the loss is at all substantial it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense to go ahead and execute those trades and realize those losses so that when the market does turn around you've got those just held there waiting to be used for when you do have a gain versus them just being You know, every time then you start executing trades for profit, you're having to pay tax on them. So we're banking those losses. Mm -hmm. The other thing we're talking about is, and you don't always have a choice on this, but certain types of crypto income, you've got a little bit more control over the timing of when the transaction will hit and then when the income is realized and you have to report it. Normally, when you're in a bull market, you're doing everything you can to defer that income Mm -hmm. because you're already making a bunch of money the last thing you want is to tack on more so you're trying to push that into a future year but while we're in this bear market we're kind of depending on the type of projects it can in in your overall income it can make sense to go ahead and take the hit now and and realize some of those transactions when you're in a lower income year get the whole, depending on how you're acquiring the token, get your holding period started for capital gains purposes, stuff like that. So that's another thing we're doing during this this bear market is actually accelerating your income while your income is otherwise depressed. Mm-hmm. When the market turns around, it sounds basic, but the biggest the biggest things we talk about are actually, tracking and doing tax planning throughout the year because this is true for crypto it's true for most types of tax planning once the year closes we lose about 90 percent of our flexibility when the year is going on we've got a lot that we can do to maneuver and try to mitigate your tax bill but once january hits that that book is mostly closed and we don't have a a lot we can do so make sure make sure your tax your you're tracking it and doing planning on that income. Sure. And the other big thing is just making sure that you're taking profits as you go. And at least enough to pay the tax that your tax bill that you're generating, because a lot of the people that we've been having coming to us this year had fantastic 2021s mm. Had people who were making six, seven figures doing astoundingly well, but a lot of them did not cash out for the, at all they just kept reinvesting in the market and then the market crashes mm-hmm. so we've had people with high six figure tax bills but because they kept reinvesting in the market they're e- they either just don't have the money at all because it was in some altcoin project that went down 90% or they're going to have to pay their tax bill they're going to have to liquidate a large portion of their portfolio versus if every time they got income from a trade or or otherwise they said okay i'm going to set i'm going to cash out 40 percent of this and shove it into a savings account mm-hmm. um that's the the people we're talking to who are running into the biggest issues are ones who just didn't do that and that's a very basic basic step but it it's one that gets done a lot less than you, you think it would because people love crypto so much. It's always going to go up, always going to go up that they don't want to cash out, but we're, we're seeing the consequences of that mm-hmm. with these big ebbs and flows you have.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. That's, that's where it's a little bit different in the, uh, from the market and you know, where I can just keep buying and buying and buying and, uh, and just build the portfolio. It's very interesting. Micah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, And everybody, it's, you know, we've had a lot of crypto people on, but this is the first time that we've um, got to talk to a CPA that specializes in it. If our listeners are wanting to find you, Micah, uh, where can they find you?
1: Easiest way is going to go to our website, which is Mm CryptoTaxCPA.com. And we've got some FAQs, general guidance on there. And then obviously just a contact form if you're wanting to talk to us personally.
0: Sounds great. Uh, Well, Micah, thank you very much for coming on the Richer Geek Podcast. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.